can't give it. Is it the uh, the lack of hair? No. Or the pointy beard. No. <laughs> or the small vicious eyes. <laughs> it's the vicious eyes. I love them. Welcome to the Books and Bamos podcast. I'm Juliette. And I'm Paulette. I really loved uh, watching this movie with you. <laughs> so today we're doing uh, The Portrait of a Lady, the only adaptation, sadly, that we're going to do because the, it's the only one we have. Yeah. It is the one by Jane Campion. Oh. Masterful. Oh, magnificent. That's how you fucking do an adaptation. Thank you. Listen, people. Right. Honestly. But really, I loved it because you were so indignant <laughs> whenever Osmond would come into the picture. And I would just sneak a peek at you. Or I wouldn't even need to look at you. I would just feel the heat coming from you. Or hear you say, oh my lord, my god. Well, you really... I mean, it's understandable. Come on. With his stupid pointy face Perfect. and the hat. Didn't you say but... that he had a pointy face from the book? Yeah, I think so. But Henry James didn't. It was you. Really? <laughs> well, he he does have a point. I mean, it's a feel. His general feeling of pointiness. That yeah. fucking bastard. Disgusting. So, think... would you agree with me if I say that this is the most perfect adaptation since we started? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's magnificent when an adaptation makes you understand a book even more. And this one sort of does. Sort of does. Some yeah. things were kind of half-said, but when you yeah. see them... Oh, especially the... I'm gonna get on a rant. I know. Uh, the, uh, the Gilbert Osmond. My lord, was he? John Malkovich, I'm really sorry. What? But I never hated a human being as much as I hated this one. Yeah. I know he's an actor doing his job. But he's such a perfect oh. Gilbert Osmond and... Yeah. And he did such weird things. Added that, them. Yeah. That in anyone else would have been weird or stupid or grotesque, as you said. Uh, you know, I felt like my heart tightened with fear and hate and so many feelings. <laughs> in that scene. I mean, I know Might I remind you what you said? <laughs> so there's this awful... Awful scene where he takes off, he takes her her fan and kind of slaps her lightly with it, yeah, and repeatedly. repeatedly. And you said you blurted out, she ha- <laughs> she has big hands. I saw them. Why doesn't she? Be- <laughs> Wasn't she the one with the big hands? Don't you remember? There was like a scene in the Oscars. Where she was clapping, or wasn't that her? It's true. I thought you meant in the same scene because no, I they show the her hands. Like when he takes the fan, yeah. the fan he takes it from her hands. Yeah. So we thought, you know, they're so big she could beat him. <laughs> I mean, she was big. She she looked strong. Beat his ass with the cushion he made you sit on. And that scene, like, it doesn't have any logic. You can't explain, you can't really explain why is it bad or humiliated or why is it violent. But it is. It might not be physically very violent, like stacking the cushion and taking her and putting her in. It's... It's such a sick move. I'd rather, I think, as you said, have two black eyes. If it's an an outburst of violence, you know, this is domestic violence, just a, just something violent, and you wouldn't. It would be horrid to watch. But this was about humiliation. It wasn't about hurting her physically. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. about putting her in her place, putting oh, her down. Exactly, putting her in place physically. Actually, as a child, yeah. it was infantilizing. That was his purpose. He wanted to put her... But before we rush to the most yeah. awful scene... <clears throat> so there's another awful scene that is at the beginning of the book, uh, of the movie. 
And that one, that one, I, I would, I'm gonna speak for Jane Campion and say <laughs> that she regrets it. <laughs> because I think that's, uh, that's why I don't like special effects in movies. Because oh. they, they don't age well. Yeah, especially at certain times. No matter what you do, even today, let's say, yeah. when you watch a, a movie with um, special effects and they really look good, you can be sure that in a decade they're gonna be, they're gonna look mm, awful. I'm not sure that's true. I think so. No, absolutely not. The Lord of the Rings... Yeah. Is still... Oh, um, that was makeup. But, you know, some things were uh, special effects, like the cities and the place, some cities and places. Well, maybe... But they're still masterful to this day. I think it's oh, where it's you fantasy. Yeah, it has a, a genre. If it's fantasy or, let's say, sci-fi, like Star Wars. If it's imagined, yeah. or even if you take Avatar. Yeah. In the end, they're blue people, so what do you <laughs> care? Like, it's not... But when it's realistic, I didn't like... Well, we're talking about this scene where... Um, so it's all a bit shortened. The beginning of the movie is not... Yeah. You know, uh, we don't really waste much time at Garden Court. Mm. Uh, the uh, encounter with her uncle, with her cousin, Warburton coming, Warburton proposing. We have kind of Warburton mid-proposal. And this yeah. is the beginning of the movie. I actually like that. I loved it. Yeah. Because you understand. It you gets you right to. into it. Yeah. And then she goes off to London right away with uh, Ralph and she and meets... that's uh, woman. And that's that poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so talk, going back to that scene, weird scene, Goodwood comes after her again, talks to her, she rejects him as a little shit, like he's worth nothing. <laughs> Just yeah. go away. And then after he goes, she kind of starts fantasizing, I guess, and kind of rubbing herself against the furniture and against the drapes. Yeah, that was very... Really weird i didn't understand it mm, that was the only regrettable i would say scene in the movie i can't say i liked the effects but the fantasy in itself because what did you get from it i'm not sure that's the thing i'm still confused i sort of need to think it think it over i thought maybe it was the sort of confused feelings you get if you're young and hormonal it's not something that in a culture and a time where it's not something that talked about that's okay. talked about yeah. So there might be feelings that are contradictory to what you think you want, or what you actually want. So she really does not want to get married, but might have physical feelings that she doesn't know how to deal with. That's what I sort of got, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but no. now that you say it, it's right. Because how could she express any feeling of lust... Yeah. Outside of an eternal commitment. Exactly. And she doesn't want it. She doesn't want the commitment. I understand that. Mm. Not from Goodwood, not from Warburton. L Ralph, I don't think even she puts him in that case at that point. But in the movie, she does. Because if he's in the bed yeah. being part of the foursome, so <laughs> he must be. I can't, I think, uh, visually, I hated it. And yeah, it did look grotesque in spite of the efforts of the actress because really she did all she could in that horror, in that it's not yeah. a great scene, you know. You just tell an actor to rub herself against some drapes. How is she yeah. gonna look? It's gonna look grotesque, and it did. You could just cut it out. No, There's... you know what? I really liked that the the message of it because oh. we do get a slight hint in the book uh, at the end when Casper Goodwood kiss her. Yeah. They describe the kiss of, as electricity coursing through her. Yeah. And I think it's a hint of, of her absolute lack of physical... Experience. Experience or, or satisfaction. Yeah. I mean, it's Osmond, of course not. Limitic. <laughs> but, so, this first thing... I, I think it was something that was already there. 
I like the the message, if I'm not wrong about it, but not the execution. I agree with that. Yeah, not the execution. Mm. No, we agree on that. Uh, although, now that you treat Osman that way, I'm going to come to his defense. Watch me. <laughs> no, really, here, I think... Yeah. Don't jump at me. <laughs> okay. I, they added some attraction to him, sexual attraction to him. It seems that he plays that card. Huh. Okay, I'm just gonna... When I'm he calm. goes back, oh, calm down. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> I don't want to be assaulted in the cupboard. <laughs> when he goes after her to Rome in the museum, mm. and he approaches her, and he kind of tells her about him loving her, as they all had. Mm. He's not the first one. And she starts right away to get defensive, because she... I mean, I understand her feeling. I understand. She just want to live her life. Yeah. She do doesn't want to be dragging them on behind her like Casper, Casper like traversing oceans then but he right away whenever he declares himself but the intelligence devious intelligence of Osmond is right away going to I do love you but I have nothing to offer so just kind of he he's the one to put uh, yeah. so I think he understood he's subtle that way he understood how she works I think so yeah she has to take initiative so yep. if he tells her that I'm, I'm putting, I am putting a damper on it. I, I have nothing to offer. I really don't. Oh, you know what? That makes sense completely. Yeah, because he right away tells her, "I do love you. I adore you." But I have nothing to offer. So just let's. But then he approaches her physically. He he starts kissing her. Yeah. And there, despite his pointy face, <laughs> I do understand the attraction on her. All right. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm going to give you that, I think. The fact that he plays that card and the others didn't. He has a particular brand of manipulation that's mm. so extremely vicious. Yeah. It, it's ready to, to exploit anything, including sexuality or lust. Um, do you think when she he feels her reluctance at the mention of marriage or whatever, but he tells her, okay, okay, but just do me one favor. Go see my little daughter when you go back to Florence. Do you think he used Pansy as bait? Absolutely. It made him endearing, I think, although it shouldn't. As in, I don't want anything in this world. I don't have anything in this world. Yeah. I don't give value to anything in this world. Yeah. I don't seek money or fame, but I do love my daughter this much. See how good of a man I am. He's so masterful at creating the perfect character for the perfect person. If he wants to hunt someone down, he'll give her what she wants to see. And in the film... I didn't get it from the book, of course, but in the film there is a sexual thing to his approach to her. And the others, Warburton didn't. Goodwood waited until the end to yeah, play that card. So. And maybe... Oh, you know what? In the awful scene where he kind of abuses her. Yes. Um, at the end, after he puts her on the cushions as yeah. a child, after he hits her a bit with the fan... After he trips her down... Ah, uh, that was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. She, he walks on her dress, on her train, yeah. and she... Is it called train? Yeah. Okay. And she trips, and she gets up back again. And then he approaches her, he, he does this little, like, an inch towards her, as if for a kiss. And she Did does you see lean it? in, yeah. And she lean in. I saw it. And you know what? When, uh, I think you're more knowledgeable about this than me. In uh, abusive relationships... Oh, wow, what I know. Because you're into that shit. <laughs> this really sounds yeah. wrong. I, okay, she's not in an abusive relationship. That's not what she does. Not why she knows more. She just is weird like that. Mm. Is it? Is it better? What? It's not better. What did you say? Oh, I said, I said you were sick in the head. 
Isn't this part of the cycle of abuse? You see the de slow destroying of the self-esteem. Yeah. And then this sort of coming and going. Yeah, this they call uh, sort it of a... tugging. I don't know how you say it. Yeah, they call it the honeymoon phase. But it's not like right away. Here, no, the abuse and then the minutes after, he does yeah. something as if... But the shocking part is, she was going for it. She was I like a beaten is, dog. But it is a, a thing that happens. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. It, it was great. No, no, no. I it's mean, very realistic. A, definitely realistic. But yeah. realistic in a way that you don't understand. Because when you're not in that situation, what do we say always? Yeah. Well, oh, why the woman... Wait, what did you say? First of all, why yeah. doesn't she hit him back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted she her wasn't. to beat his face. She wasn't. She was going to kiss him. That's the horrible, horrible part. It, yeah, that's the kind of you know it's so difficult to understand that we're starting to do it, we're starting to do it just now just now we're starting to and it's so psychologically mm. difficult to digest how does it work that someone that his only purpose is to hurt you humiliate you d demean you in any way he can why would you even be in his vicinity yeah completely incomprehensible and they say that it's so hard that the only way that if someone that you love gets into that situation the only way to save them it's is to get them far away because you can't help them if you leave them in that situation they're so deep psycholo psychologically they're so destroyed that they can't get themselves out even you can talk to them make them see the situation mm. they will agree maybe but the only way is to get them away yeah and you know what i think isn't this what ralph did yeah and he said Stay as long as yeah. as possible. He is the best character in that oh, book. He's lovely, Ralph. Yeah, he does everything for her, and it is realistic. Also, there is another thing: her pushing away others. Yes, the isolation. Oh my lord! Yeah, she you was doing it all on like she was trying because, of course, if you're in that dreadful situation, you would try to have as few witnesses as you can. Absolutely, because yeah. it's humiliating, especially in her case where she true. She chose the bastard against everyone's wish. Yeah, she did it to herself. You know, the subtlety of the wardrobe and hair. In the first scene we see, and I was horrified by that hair, but it was great <laughs> in the context. The exploding yeah. hair. Yeah. Her clothes, she wasn't very caring. She wore a lot of black for some reason, I'm not sure why. But she was. She walked fast, she high hitched up her skirts. There was an energy to her, yeah. a naturalness. And then after the pause, the, the fast forward, of three, three, years. three years. Yeah, after the three years and we see her and she's so polished. Not a hair out of place. Perfect clothes. No more energy in her. She's just a facade, a perfect one. Yeah. And you can understand that this is what she is struggling so hard to show to the public because that's the last thing she can hold on to. I think this adaptation kind of visually got hold of the essence of the book. Exactly, and got rid of... Uh, well, first of all, what annoyed us in the book? Yeah, the, what, tedious, the weird, uh, the tedious conversations yeah. going nowhere. The beginning of the book, which is kind of long it's and slow. difficult to get into, yeah. is here a bit shortened, because we get kind of fast to the death of Mr. Touchett. Very. Mm, we don't very see fast. much of him, which was too bad. He was, he was my so favorite. beautiful. Cute as hell. Yeah. I mean, I would listen to his life advice. Yeah. Even if it's bad, I'll take it from you. That man. kind face, of course I you know. would. It wouldn't be bad. It would be excellent. Really, this is one of those movies where everything is perfect. Yeah. yeah. There's just is, one uh, thing. Uh, you said that it was a perfect cast. I didn't oh, like uh, yeah. Henrietta Stackpole. 
Really? No. I did. She looked like... But you did say I hate her here more than in the book. Yes, I did. I did I did dislike her from the get-go from the movie and like the book. Of the book, I don't know. I didn't... It, she didn't seem vulgar to me. Oh, she was. She's the only thing that I didn't like. Uh, Pansy, I don't like her for my own personal reasons. I have no idea why you direct so much hate <laughs> towards this poor creature that's clearly have been, has been a victim of abuse since I her know. childhood. And there were such subtle gestures he did. That scene where he took her uh, between his knees. So I, you remember in the book I told you yeah, yeah, yeah. that it was was it wasn't wasn't it so very weird that he it would do that? Absolutely she was fifteen, and they added a bit of hand gesture mm. as if he grabbed her. He grabbed in a very her. proprietary manner. That's yeah. completely indecent. You can't say anything blatant, but there's a subtle vein of disgustingness. That's the thing. When Ralph tries to warn her, he doesn't have anything precise to say. That's the bad he thing. only has his impressions, and yeah. Isabel has her impressions, yeah. and they're positive. So what can you say? You can. He said, "I have a feel for him. Yeah. I have a wrong. He gives me a wrong vibe. What can you say?" Isabel dis- disappointed me most in is that she should have at least given him the time to listen. Listen to him. It's Ralph, for God's sakes. Ralph was the kindest man in her life, and she doesn't discover it, or I don't know. She treats him, she friend zones him all on, all the film, she cousin zones him, which she yeah. should do, by the way. <laughs> oh, I see you agree with me on some points, don't you? Cousin zoning. Uh, no, I heard I mean, you, pushing I him heard away. you say it with regret, as if she did the bad thing. Because he's a good man. I know, we understand each other. Because she ends up with that horrid little man. I know, that's what I'm saying. I don't condone cousin things. Just... Be with but in this case, don't have children. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Like just make him happy platonically. No, really, she could have made him happy. He would have been happy at so. least for the last three years of his life. But yeah. then again, she wouldn't have known that he would die so soon. Like imagine him being sickly until he's eighty. <laughs> but it's Ralph. Even his sickliness is charming in some ways because he doesn't make it about himself. For Isabel, she needed to do something for someone. You know, we've been talking about this subject, we've been touching on it since the beginning of the podcast. This, uh, what you bring into a marriage, and the notion of um, inequality. Absolutely, yeah. As it happens, like uh, in every book we read. It's usually the other way. It's usually the man brings everything to the table, and the woman brings, let's say, values, or social position, or... But in this case, I think she wanted to bring, to bring everything. everything. And that is so wrong of her. I think it's uh, so unrealistic, but kind of something a young person would think. Kind of oh. being proud of bringing... Yes. Uh, yeah. But there is no pride. I mean, it shouldn't be a question of pride anyway. It's it's very selfish in the end. And you can't go into a relationship like that being very and selfish. And you certainly should not make a marriage about making a statement. Because... Mary Osmond was making a statement. Absolutely. I said this when we read the book. I think she did what everybody said she wouldn't do. But in this case, as you explained it earlier, what did you say again? Deep down, she's a contrarian. So the fact that she, he would tell her, I love you, but I have nothing to offer. This is it, yeah. So her reaction is, but I, ha- I have enough. I have enough for both of us. And I have enough even for your daughter, for everything yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's just, it wasn't just sheer stubbornness. It was as you described it. A generous impulse yeah, also. Yeah, as she said, you said it in the book too. A charitable impulse too. It's horrible. Which is horrifying. To marry out of charity? What the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, give it to a hospital, please. To an orphanage. I'm sure there are a lot of the time. Yeah, she thinks short of giving it to a hospital, I had to marry Gilbert. And I what? don't understand how is that option better than the other. If that money it feels like a burden to you. You feel like you didn't deserve it. Just give it away. Well, she obviously didn't deserve it. It's an inheritance. I mean, why yeah. would you? But the fact is, the person that gave it to you wanted to give it to you. She yeah. chose you. He, her uncle, well, rather Ralph, chose her. Hoping for some great things. Yeah. That then, didn't uh, happen. When he's sick and dying, Gilbert says, what does he say? We don't uh, owe him anything. Oh, yeah. That we don't. Uh, oh, I wanted really? to scream at his face. Yeah. That fancy little robe, you little, little shit. shit. That <laughs> silken robe. And that shitty hat yeah. that he puts on so carefully, cunt. Yeah. Ralph <laughs> then, paid for that. Exactly. Your food and your pencils. Pencils. I'm raised again. I noticed something. I mean, it was more striking to me here in the film. When she meets uh, Madame Merle, it's uh, at uh, Garden Court. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Touchett is still alive. He's dying, but... Oh, yeah. so. Isabel is not rich yet, and there is no hope for it. There is no question that she would inherit. At all. But Madame Merle is nice to her. And yeah, they are fast is. friends. I think it was in the book, too. Slightly. It was in the book. Yeah. But now, then you, when you see it, when they're alone, they're taking walks in the yeah. garden. They were fast friends. It had happened right away. Why do you think? I think Madame Merle is a charming person. Yeah, she Isabel really was charmed. Yeah, she, she, because Madame Merle is really, really charming, and she does everything charmingly, as Ralph says. But someone as observing as Ralph, can suspect that it's not natural, it's not normal. Maybe he can feel the vein of viciousness that is that might not be natural to her, but that is engraved in her now. And you can see it first when uh, Mrs. Thatcher tells her that Isabel inherited, and her first thought yeah. directly goes to clever girl, as if it was a plan. And if this isn't filthy thinking... Clever? Why yeah. clever? Clever, because she tricked an old man, that's what she thinks. And it was Miss. So she said it in front of Mrs. Touchett, yeah. and Mrs. Touchett, I think, is so. She's the opposite of her son. She is so closed up to any human Salty. intuitions. Yeah, because I think she's faulty a bit because she introduced Isabel into that trap, yeah. and she va- kind of vouched for her as much as Mrs. Touchett can vouch. But she kind of says, you know, talk to Madame Merle as a as a. An interesting woman to have around. Yeah. And actually that Isabel would gain from the Absolutely, she did say so. She didn't warn her off. And, and she did believe it, I think. She believed it because she 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 has no uh, human understanding. That woman is kind of a robot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, Ralph, again, says that he didn't like... He doesn't like her. Madame Merle says, I like him, but he doesn't like me. But Ralph doesn't explain. He kind of, as in his playful way, as usual, says kind of... Uh, fancied her at some point and she didn't return the favor but it wasn't that no it wasn't absolutely it wasn't that as with gilbert he felt something wrong and he couldn't really warn off isabel at that point because what's he gonna say she's too charming (laughs) uh they didn't show it in the movie with gilbert when he talked about being pope (laughs) that asshole but uh, madame merle does in the movie she says but i had great ambitions and she says it in such a tragic way this kind of is an indication of um a bitter person, and she wants things, she really wants them, and actually she realizes at some point that it's too late for her, and then she transfers that rage, yeah. that ambition into her daughter. That's all she wants for Warburton for her now. But you know, as much as you can, uh, 
you absolutely hate Gilbert Osmond for this attitude, wanting and envying and doing nothing for it. Yeah. You sort of understand in the case of um, Madame Merle, because exactly what can she do about it? I understand it better. Yeah, she can't marry anymore. She's too old. Osmond, no, he... Uh... No, Osmond is... Uh, uh, he's, he's a snake in the grass, as they described him. As he's was, described. Uh, Really, if you had to imagine the perfect actor, the perfect performance, this is it. There is no other. I've never seen. You know that weird uh, noises he makes? He makes noises, animal noises. He makes donkey noises and uh, and dog noises, I think. In that horrible scene. Oh, the nuzzle. Yeah. The nuzzle was the most horrifying, magnificent thing I've ever seen. Rubbing his face against hers. And repeatedly, in like uh, sort of shaky moves... And you don't understand why or what is he doing, but it works. Really, you can't understand what we're describing until you see it, because none of it... Yeah. You, first of all, you, he calls her into the uh, into the room, and then he starts stacking up cushions. And you and don't understand. Because I already saw the movie, so I yeah. I just told you, like, brace yourself. Oh, I did. And, I, I... and then you said, what's he doing? He was stacking up cushions, as if she was five, yeah, and he was going to sit her down. I thought for one moment he was gonna put her on them and spank her. Really, you thought yeah. I was spanking? It was I was spanking and I was gonna ready to die like in my place. I would die inside, but even yeah. that. And no, I th- you know what? In some things, some ways, I think this was worst. This was the worst I've ever <sighs> seen. Yeah, yeah. This because there was no outward violence and the fact that the calculating thing. Mm-hmm. Because he called her, he went to stack. He staged the scene. That <laughs> motherfucker is always staging scenes. Oh, you feeling? You feeling the rage now? <laughs> that was, uh, damn it. Yeah, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Because it was psychological. It was such a sociopathic, narcissist thing to do that sort of manipulation. It was. Oh my god, so underhanded. I, I forget what I wanted to say. Oh, talking about Madame Merle being friendly. I just rem- remembered something. Rosier said that when he goes to plead with Madame Merle for him to favor his uh, his proposal to Pansy because he thinks she has some influence. And she says, like, why would I do that? And he tells her, like, you've always been friendly to me. Yeah. And I think at some point she kind of hints that she admires his collection or something. And oh. he has the thought... That was she friendly all along because oh. she thought I would gift her a, a trinket? I remember that. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I remember so that. So, in Rosier's mind, it was such a far off. Why would he gift her anything? But I think Madame Merle, on the off chance that yeah. something would come her way, I think that's what she did with Isabel. And first of all, and uh, add to that the fact that she was alone in the house on board. Yeah. There's no one. Mrs. Tatchett is with her husband. There is no one. Ralph doesn't talk to her. So, she was bored. And took a fancy to Isabel, but I think also on the off chance. I think that's how she yeah. works. You know what? Yeah, there is this kind of, that kind of character. Yeah. You've seen them in real life. Opportunistic to the point of... Yeah, of all the time. Not all the time, seen, yeah. Not really seeing a real opportunity, mm. but maybe the chance of an opportunity all the time. Uh, this adaptation is so great because it made me mm. see so many things that I didn't... Me too. ...perceive uh, in the book. This is amazing. Like, it says the unsaid. Yeah. Uh, and the actors, and really, Nicole Kidman was so, so amazing. I mean, you yeah. see the acting chops on her. In one second, she switches expressions, and you know what's up. Oh, speaking of switching expressions, there was one other scene, not Nicole Kidman, the conversation between Madame Merle and Nicole Kidman and, Nicole Kidman and uh, Isabel Archer. Yeah. 
when they were outside and sitting on the table and Madame Merle sort of reveals her true self. She tells her, what do you have to do with me? And she says, everything. And in that everything moment, her yeah. face completely transformed. Uh, became, oh, Madame Merle? Yeah. She wasn't cautious at that point. No, she, she was... She was angry with her about missing Lord Warburton. And she tells her, give him up. Uh, no, give him to us. Oh. Us meaning us three. Yeah, They're as the real family. Yeah. Barbara Hershey, who plays Madame Merle. I haven't seen her. I, I've seen her in uh, Hannah and Her Sisters, uh, my favorite Woody Allen film. But I don't think I've seen her in anything else. When you and start talking about movies and references, I just twiddle my fingers. <laughs> and hope you don't look into my direction. Wait. <laughs> I make myself small. I saw her in two pence too. <laughs> it was six pence, excuse oh, you. Two pence. It got it's gotten no, cheap. That's... <laughs> it's the two cheap version. Movie. It's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um no, great, great acting. I really loved it. Uh what did you think of the end? Should we go to the end right away? Or did I we think have so. anything to not really, I think. Uh, Isabel going to London. Going back to London. Uh, but going back to London against her husband's wishes. Even in the way he forbids her to go to London. He doesn't forbid. Yeah. And it's uh, that's what Henry James writes, that he would never put himself kind of um, outright in the wrong. He wouldn't. He would never put himself openly in the wrong. Oh. Kind of in front of everyone just forbids yeah. her and her cousin is dying. Kind of... Me- Maybe you would object to his to Osmond's position. Yeah. He would never do that. He would just hint and hint and yeah. make her feel guilty. And when she came out of the room of his study, that fucker, why does he have a study? What does he do? To doodle. To doodle in. When she comes, uh, I love that shot too. When she came, oh, it was yeah. dark. And the lights were flickering. Yeah. Without words, you get it. So she kind of going her, she was going her his way. She was going to obey. If and then comes, we didn't talk about her at all. <laughs> oh, but, poor lady. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Countess Gemini. Countess Gemini. Played here by Shelley Duvall, and she is so wonderful. So wonderful. She's perfect. That crazy yeah. thing. Bird like. Bird like that the foolish thing. The expression, yeah. The hair. <laughs> yeah, the dog hair. Yeah, the silly hair, the silly everything. She's silly. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> You don't take her seriously, that's the thing. Isabel did her that injustice. Well, I don't think she's. Mm. it's an injustice because um, from the beginning, yeah, you can't take her seriously. Because she doesn't take herself seriously. She's, yeah. she's a foolish woman. Yeah. But I think she has a lot of heart. Because in that scene too, we didn't talk about it, where Ned is behind bars. Who? Ned. Ned. Rosier. When they were oh. visiting this, uh, I don't know what they oh, were visiting exactly. The Coliseum. The Coliseum, yeah. And he was behind bars, looking like in a prison and running behind Pansy. And she was the only one who looked very he sad saying, for like, him. He was he sold his things and he had, yeah. oh yes, oh, 50,000 pounds, is it enough, is it... That broke my heart. Horrible. And in that moment, that foolish woman was the only one who felt. She really his sympathized pain. his pain. And the, the, the sacrifice, that's all he has. That's him, the biblos and the, the and the lace above the chimney. It, it's his fame. Yeah. And that that was heartbreaking completely. Uh, talking about you reminded me of something else in the movie. There is so much in the in the imagery of this movie. Talking about the cage, when she was talking about m- getting married to um, Gilbert, oh, and yeah. she went to see Ralph in the stables, and there were this um, this iron bars so behind her so it looked like she was in 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 a cage already and he told her you're gonna be in a cage and she answers what if i like my cage what is what is it to you and that which is so strange for isabel to say it's not strange 
It is. She always talks about life and seeing it. And then she says, I like my cage. No, what if I do? Yeah. Uh, I think it's you can already see the start. Of I the don't influence. know what she's imagining. No, I think it's already his influence uh, starting to take place. She is a young mind. But there is yeah. something that is skipped in the book and we never know because he talks to her in Rome and then she travels for a year. Yeah. We don't know. So she was so changed. Which for is her strange. Uh, what do you think happened? Madame Merle was with her. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Of course, Madame Merle happened. Yeah. That's it. She was traveling with her. Well, we don't even know. We didn't see it. And then when she comes back to Florence, there is a bit of courtship. That we don't need to know we don't about see either. Yeah. yeah, which is very understandable. If Madame Merle has been murmuring in her ear yeah. all this time. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, offered up to Gilbert on a plate. Yeah. Of course, when she came back and he was uh, so charming to her. There are a few scenes in the book where we see how charming he was. Oh, yeah. He can be very, very charming. Uh, I think what's added here in the film, that's um, just the sexual vibe. <laughs> You're going back. You're really liking that kind of bastard, aren't you? No, just you know, watch yourself. There is a bit of something. Come on, give it. Is it the uh, the lack of hair? No, the pointy beard. No, of the small vicious eyes. <laughs> it's the vicious eyes. I love them. Oh, of course, with long lashes. That's your thing. I know. <laughs> All right, let's go to the end. Oh yeah, what we were saying. The foolish woman is the one who... Yeah, who tells her. She has heart. Who tells her everything. Although it is not accurate. Because in the book, she doesn't discover it on her own. But she gets a wrong feeling. Yeah, a hint of something in that very subtle, great written scene. I think it would have been good if they put it in the movie. Because, first of all, it gives Isabel some kind of intelligence you know the fact that she would get that and of course it wasn't handed to her the information here we have like the scene Countess Gemini tells her about Madame Merle and her husband next scene Madame Merle tells her about Ralph giving her the money like she really um, she really looks like a dense yeah doesn't see anything unless someone tells her exactly she doesn't guess anything but uh, yeah after that she goes back to London sees Ralph the poor dying man she bothers him again I like that scene it was filled with love the truth is the actress made it yeah yeah it wasn't the writing because in the book no it, it was kind of laughable no in the book she said oh my brother and i was like really friend zoning him to the end she called him my brother yeah she does brother. Uh, yeah. it was laughable in the book but yeah. here the actress made it and Absolutely. really yeah. you have to be a great talent to oh. make that work yeah because you can slip just an inch and make it a foolish scene or disgusting. Or disgusting, whatever. Like remind you their cousins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then appears Casper Goodwood. So what do you think? Because that's in the book, of course. The fact that he puts Casper uh, Goodwood's appearance, and it is the scene before last. Yeah. It is the last scene in the film. In the book too, kind of. No, not, because there is another scene where he goes to see Henrietta, and she oh, yeah. she went back to Rome. But it's very short, like. But it gives him such importance to Goodwood. Yeah, and he never didn't... had it. But in this scene, the kiss was different too. She seemed like she kissed him. In the book, I think it's clear what's happening. The kiss is described as being something strong and kind of new to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So you knew that uh, Gilbert wasn't doing shit. No, of course not. It's Gilbert. (laughs) It's Gilbert. Despite that, she goes back to Rome. We know that. Here it's ambiguous and I like it. She's, as you said, she's the one that kisses Goodwood. Yeah. Not that he didn't like it. <laughs> Not no, that he, he said, get he, away from no, me. <laughs> he participated, all right. <laughs> yeah. 
But it was her. She was a participant. Yeah. And that means that what her feelings uh, were all along. This I don't. I really don't get. Like, I think it works here because of the attraction of Goodwood here. Yeah. yeah you I know, guess. being the act that actor because you understand that you wouldn't dismiss that man just like that. Hell no. She's treating him like you would treat a creep who's stalking you. He's a bit of a stalker and a creep, but. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, please, come on. Stop. I would, I would give away. You, I'll give you my address. Where's my window? You don't need that. A good stalker would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah On his own. For sure. Doesn't need you. Actually, your help would ruin it for him. <laughs> oh, I'll give hints then. Maybe, like, walk slowly at night. Yeah. But, uh, it's, um... You wouldn't understand why she would dismiss him so easily. And why she would be so rude to him. So here, the fact that she would be open maybe to yeah, him towards the end there is a maybe in it and i like it because first of all fuck pansy what do you owe pansy yeah. what is she, she to you uh, you know what i, I I'm, I'm baffled why i'm baffled i don't understand what? she is an abused victim i know if you were in that situation i would never i i hope what? i hope i wouldn't leave a kid in that and she's a she's kid. She's not a kid. She's a kid. She's a kid. She's mentally a kid, let's say. She's completely under the thumb. That's why I like, don't like her. Because she's 19 and she talks no, like it as doesn't if she's matter. six. <laughs> it doesn't matter because, I mean, oh, raised Papa. by that bastard. Papa, can I make tea, Papa? Because that's what he trains her. Please God don't... only knows what he did to her. I know. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if he did to a kid what he did to Isabel. <gasps> completely destroyed. He could Mad. Be. Yeah. He probably did. I mean, she always gives the impression of being on her like a deer in headlights on her guard on her guard always always completely terrified and she clings to her things like tea (laughs) (laughs) i mean it seems like her only solace so i completely understand that isabel being morally superior and virtuous and true to her word would go back because she promised. In this adaptation, so we don't know. We don't know what happens. It's probable. It's possible, I mean, that she would go back to Pansy. Her name is Pansy. (laughs) Change her name for the love of God, just in your your mind, and see if it works different. Okay. Anyway, we're done with uh, Gilbert Osmond. Oh, Um, thank the Lord. Come back next week, and Gilbert will mount you. (laughs) This is my new phrase. Yeah, it is. Just to horrify you. What? You don't like it? No, I do. (laughs) Okay, see you next week.